welcome to another episode of How Do You Chew? I'm Samantha Binacore Minorat. And I'm Yael Harudi. And we are here like every week to talk about all things chewy. Yael, how are you? I'm good. We just had Halloween. And I don't know if you saw <laughs> my story, but I wasn't home for Halloween and I caught a bunch of kids on my porch um, kind of destroying the bucket with candy that I left outside. Oh my god, no, I was preoccupied <laughs> with Toto dressed as a hot dog. Oh, she was totally, she was she was Hebrew national. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, Toto is the most kosher of dogs. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so like the, the second the candy was like ended, you know, kids ate it all. So um, one kid came up to the porch and he, because I have a camera outside. Yeah, yeah, you have so, like the ring cam. Yeah. Like Yeah, so, um, the nest, but, like, anyway, never mind. (laughs) So, one of the kids came up, and he was like, it is a trick! (laughs) And I can hear his mom. (laughs) His mom was like, no, they're just out. (laughs) Oh, my God. We ran out also. We had five bags of candy, and then we wound up running out, and basically, like, we were like, we should probably hide in the house, because we felt so bad about disappointing any of the kids but this one girl came she had such attitude it was great um so my mom and i were sitting outside at like a table with our bowl of candy and we were just like chilling outside because it was a beautiful day and giving out candy and meeting the neighbors and this girl comes running up and says oh i hope you have what i've been waiting for and she said it so sincerely, so I was like, oh my God, I hope we do too. What have you been waiting for? And she said, a baby bottle pop. And What is that? Are, it's like this candy. I, I remember it from being a child. It's like a candy shape, like a bottle, like a baby bottle. And it has like the, um, the top of it is almost like a lollipop. And then the inside is like sugar that you oh and you dip it into okay so we don't have that because we are chocolate people well who buys Um, that for halloween who gives out that kind of candy for halloween usually just buy like the big bags of stuff right exactly so that too so i said to her oh you know we're we're chocolate people like we don't have that um and she just like looked at me I don't think anyone has ever been this disappointed in me ever (laughs) and she looked at me and said well just so you know for next year you can get them at the dollar store oh my god no she did not (laughs) and you see her dad just like dying inside behind her and he was like remember like whatever the girl's name was we, we also say thank you for what they do have and she just like looked at him with this look of disgust. <laughs> she was like, "I know." And so she's like, "Thank you, but please try to remember." Oh my god! And I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> "Oh my goodness, I love your sass." <laughs> if I was your parent, I'd probably be like traumatized beyond belief by what I raised. But I love as like someone who only had to interact with her for one second. I thought it was hysterical and I loved it. Was she with her parents? She, she was with her dad was like, you know, waiting in the street because like, I so, guess she was old enough that like she didn't want him to like come with her to the door. So he didn't hear but, the conversation. No, he heard the conversation. That's like he was <laughs> the one saying like, remember, we say thank you for what they do have. Um, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I missed that. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, she was not having it. It was amazing. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So. Well, I enjoyed everything about it. Any year that a kid didn't take the bucket and flip it over and let all the candy just drop to the floor and then kicked it and then left is a bonus. That's a really aggressive kid. Yeah, just so you know, that kid ruined Halloween for the whole street next year because I'm not putting any candy out. That's it. No. I'm never home for Halloween, okay? So I always spend it with my family and I go over to their house because... We, we like it's it's our tradition. We order pizza and we do everything. So I'm always with them. Yeah. And um, this year I was like, oh, I'm gonna leave a bucket of candy outside. Now last year I left one out too, and it was gone by the time I got home. So this year I left another one because I was like, okay, there are trick or treaters here. Absolutely. But this year I had a camera, so I saw what was going on, and I did not like what I saw. Oh my god! Kids are so mean on Halloween. No, kids are intense, but there are also some really cute ones, and, like, they I are. really bonded with all of these, like, older siblings, especially the ones who are, like, kind of, like, four years old, just starting to get it, but they would have, like, a baby sibling with them, so they would ask, like, can I have one for my, you know, I'm supposed to ask, can I have one for my baby, too? Aww. And I was like, I'm a big sister, like, I so get it. Like, yes, <laughs> I want for your baby, too. Did you, did you dress um, up? I did not. Um, I well, I was wearing my Hocus Pocus sweatshirt. Um, have you seen the movie Hocus Pocus? Of course. Okay. So I have a sweatshirt <laughs> that says "Amok, Amok, Amok," and I was used. I was wearing it as like a you know barometer by which to judge people. But it's like anyone who got it is acceptable to me, and everyone who didn't get it, which includes my entire family. It was just like, we need to work on your education. Wait, they've never seen Hocus Pocus? No. <gasps> Samantha. I know. I come from a very specific, uh, wonderful, but strange. Well, I have people. to give credit to um, my Cleveland friends that taught me Hocus Pocus. Because three years ago, I didn't know Hocus Pocus either. But for my first Halloween here, they made sure that I sat down and watched Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I mean, now you're really American. So, yeah. like, good to go. Yeah, I watched that. Um, I watched Mean Girls. I even went to the Mean Girls musical. I'm all American educated. You are good to go. I'm so <laughs> proud. Well, so speaking of how Americans, particularly American Jews, educate, see that great segue? I love, I love the segue. Oh, so our official topic for today, in addition to our feelings about the trick-or-treaters we encountered, is we're going to be talking about Tikkun Olam. And part of what I think is interesting about Tikkun Olam is it's Hebrew words, but it's very much an American Jewish concept. So to give a little bit of background to our listeners slash to my co-host, potentially. Yeah, so I just, can I put in a a side note? Please. So when Samantha told me what we're talking about today, I had to go into Wikipedia. to read about it that's what it's for i have no idea what and i still don't know what it is so when you say we will be talking about it it's mostly samantha will be talking about it we will be talking about it it's gonna be great we're very inclusive here on the pod so literally which you do know tikkun olam translates to repairing the world or the reparation of the world and which i know you know yes and the concept in judaism that basically manifests in different ways. Originally, it comes from 
the Mishnah from the Talmud, which all of our listeners know I love to nerd out about, um, and like focuses on essentially how do we create law and order in society and how do we improve the law and order in our society. Then it manifests in Kabbalah, which is more of a mystical or the mystical Jewish tradition and comes to this idea that essentially when the world was created, it was all God. It was all divinity and infinite light and the the beauty that is the divine, however that manifests for you, if at all, in your vision of the divine. And that essentially, in order to create the world, to create humans and animals and all the things that we enjoy, God had to contract God's self uh, and make God's self smaller. And the vessels that were used to contain the divine light shattered. They couldn't contain it. And there's this whole idea that essentially every good deed, every mitzvah that someone does is gathering up those sparks of divine light, that we're making the world a better place. We are doing good things to repair this, um, yeah, the destruction of these vessels of divine light. Those oh, are like the I love that. Me too. I think it's a beautiful idea. And then we go to like modern American Jews and Kikun Olam has come to mean I would put, I would say literally anything and everything it might be oh I'm going to volunteer at the homeless shelter today beautiful thing to do everyone like solidarity oh that's Tikkun Olam it might be oh for my um, you know bat mitzvah or bar mitzvah there's this concept of doing a mitzvah project so instead of just doing like the prayer and the synagogue part a lot of kids will have a good deed that they're committed to doing it might be fundraising it might be volunteering but like i've seen some people be like oh i fulfilled the commandment of honoring my parents by like being helpful in my house today that's tikkun olam so it's come to mean these huge existential beautiful things and then also like basically just like not sucking as a human somehow also for some falls into this category of tikkun olam so that's like the big jewish explanation on one foot of course you can find more on wikipedia um why is it only american jews then well so i think it's interesting i think in so many ways it's become a very american concept like i don't necessarily hear a lot about it in israel Mm -hmm. whereas like in America, I think, like, civic engagement and, like, doing good things, like, this is a way that I think a lot of people have found Jewish values can intersect with whatever else you care about. So if you're saying, like, yes, I'm Jewish, but really, like, I care about the environment, Tikkun Olam becomes me caring about the environment can now be a Jewish thing that I'm doing because it's about repairing the world or... Again, I'm Jewish, but cool, but my real passion is, um, like, volunteering at an animal shelter, and through this lens of tikkun olam, those don't have to be separate things. You can count that, using air quotes for those who cannot see me, as part of your Jewish identity, your experience of Judaism. It doesn't have to be totally separate, if that makes sense. I like that. 
Um, it makes sense. I just, I still, I, I can't figure out why it never made it to Israel. <laughs> I, yeah, no, it's really interesting to me that it's been such an American-y thing. But so yeah. I'll ask you as an Israeli slash American who has watched Hocus Pocus, um, <laughs> what does repairing the world mean to you? Like what comes up for that? And um, yeah, what comes up with this idea of Tikkun Olam as someone who's newly exposed to it? So... I mean, funny enough, the first thing I thought about when you said, like, when we, when I was, start, when I started reading a little bit about it, and I still couldn't figure it out, um, <laughs> and before I heard your explanation, I mean, I did think about like good deeds and doing good and being a good person, and um, you know, if we all try like our best to be good to one another, then that's pretty much fixing the world, right? Yeah. Um. So that's, I mean, that's that's the way I, that's what I thought when I first. Yeah, no, I, I think that's beautiful. I think part of, like, how we treat each other and how we, yeah, engage in, like, interpersonal relationships is, is ultimately the world that we create. Like, before we started recording, um, we were discussing your uh, babysitting adventures. And I feel <laughs> like by, by engaging in the intentional way that you do with, like a young child you're creating his understanding of the world in terms of what's acceptable what's good how we treat other people and like ultimately that is you know if we're thinking about like how how do we create the world that we want how do we turn it into something better than it is it's like the next generation yeah that intentional influence it's seriously what i think about every every time that i'm with him <laughs> it's like okay if i tell him that he needs to say thank you then he'll remember to say thank you next time no and it's amazing <laughs> i mean it's amazing how like all these yeah really small things that like you just say over and over and over again eventually they catch. i mean i hope eventually they catch on um but yeah no and i think that repairing the world also it like it's creating the best version of who we want to be and how we want our world to look. I feel like we can all come up with a laundry list, so to speak, of things that are wrong um, or things that we wish were different, wish were better. Um, and then this idea of Tikkun Olam for me is basically saying, so go do that. Like, not just, you know, the, um, the social media, like, complaining, so to speak, of like, these are all the things that are wrong with the world. And just like everyone else, I have my list for sure. But then this is basically saying like, therefore you have the responsibility to go do something about that and do something to make it better. And I think like, I, I will never be able to say that like, this is something that's forefront of my mind all the time, perhaps if I were a better person. But when it does pop into my mind of like, oh right, I, like, I should be doing something to not just, get through my day and take care of myself and like you know all of my first world problems but how could i do something to make the collective better also so on, on that note is is tikkun olam part of how you do i want it to be more of a part of how i do i think there are definitely moments and times when it is particularly you know if i'm giving of my time or giving of you know my money when I have money Loki um <laughs> but um like there so there are definitely times when I'm being more intentional um and trying to do you know certain things and 
I think I'm like a relatively, I hope, good person. I don't know. Others others can weigh in on that. Um, and you like, are. Thanks. Okay, good. So validating. You are a really so good there, person. Thank you. So there are things that I think, yes, qualify in like the Tikkun Olam hat. But um, in, in your like American education, did you watch Friends? Yeah, of course. Okay. So for those who have watched Friends, there's an episode where um, – Phoebe, I think, is trying to find, like, a selfless good deed because, um, like, she's told that, like, all, basically, like, no, there's no such thing as a selfless good deed. Like, anything that you're really doing is to look good to others or to, like, get some kind of benefit, and that's, like, her plot line for the episode. And so I think, like, my most authentic moments of doing in a Tikkun Olam-esque way or when I'm not thinking about it. I think if I go into a space being like, this is me just being a really good person and doing a good deed, then like I'm doing it not necessarily for a pat on the back, but like because I'm like, oh no, I'm like just being really good right now as opposed to if and when there are the moments where I don't think about it, but I'm just doing something because I think it's the right thing to do and then maybe later I realize I feel like that's more authentic than if I come in to be like hello I will be doing a good deed today Loki yeah I uh Um, I agree I mean but but like how many times you well I mean I try to live my life by like always just doing the right thing but you know sometimes we all get the our emotions get the best of us no, absolutely, and I think there's, again, I think in terms of interpersonal relationships, I feel really confident that, like, I always, am, I think I'm someone who's actually pretty good about remembering whether it's to check in with someone or someone's having a hard time or I'm, like, very ready to show up with, like, sna- usually snacks are involved in my goodness. <laughs> um, so I think in terms of... It's the, the best type of goodness. <laughs> exactly. So relationships, I think I'm really good at just like bringing the best of myself in that regard. Um, I don't always know if that counts as tikkun alum, or again, if that's just being a good friend, a good daughter, a good, you know, whatever my other relationships are. Um, in terms of actively going and like, I think for a lot of people, tikkun alum means like volunteering, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have plenty of room for improvement. I, you know, a lot of times, again, with, like, no excuses, uh, I'm literally always tired, but, um, you know, there are definitely opportunities that I can and should do more or do different, mm-hmm. um, so it's something to work on, but I feel like you have more of a, a robust volunteer practice that, like, you're on the Young Leadership Board at Federation, like, that's something that you're definitely more active in than I am in terms of how you do yeah yeah I, I like that I like that way of thinking this is a topic that I literally know nothing about um, or at least I think I don't but that's the best part that even if you think you don't know about it now we're finding all the ways it's like part of your lived experience yeah I mean it is so- I mean, I yeah, I, no, I like to think that gen, that generally I'm a, I'm a I try to be a good person and like I, I I like to think I think I show up for my friends and family obviously more than I would like if I, if I do a, a 
you know, a nice deed for someone that I don't know, I, it usually comes into my mind is like, oh, how about you be like a, a good person today and like do that. So I don't know if it's like, if it's as selfless as I would like it to be. You know what I mean? Right. No, it's really hard. And then, but then I'm also like, maybe it's like, and maybe this is me just justifying it. Like, maybe it doesn't have to be selfless. Like, that's, that it's okay to say, I'm actually being intentional about this. Like, not that yeah. I'm doing it necessarily for my own benefit, but I am doing this because I want to be a good person as opposed to just like, but then the question is if it's still, like, actually a good deed. If you're doing it in... T- well, I guess, I guess yes. Yeah, I think it is. I just think it, like, then comes differently. Like, I yeah. I don't want to be someone who does things for credit. Like, yeah, I, I agree. And, like, especially as a millennial, I'm like, guys, there are plenty of things that I do. I don't want to freak anyone out that I don't put on Instagram. Um, <laughs> what? I know, I know. It's just crazy. Um, you do like, what? I, and don't put it on Instagram? No. I just like, do all these things and I don't put them on Instagram because for me, again, I'm like, I, I don't need to do it in order to be like, I am just so good at humaning um, or doing or whatever it is. Um, there are times, again, if I do that, like, maybe it's that I want to raise awareness about whatever the cause is or like but I don't feel the need to like take a selfie and be like I went to visit an elderly person today just like go me um but I could definitely say oh it would be good of me to visit this person like that would be a a you know a good use of my time a good thing to do so like I think the knowing it and the bragging about it feel very different yeah I agree. I agree with you. So, like, there, it's, like, one thing to do it. Wait. <laughs> like, maybe I should share more on social media. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to, like, do it because you feel it, and then it's another thing to, like, brag about it. Because once you're bragging about it, I think you do kind of take away the whole point. Right, exactly. Because I'm like, oh, look how good I am. Right, no, exactly. And I think the other thing that's interesting is essentially what counts as tikkun olam or as mitzvot because one of the criticisms that I have heard, especially a lot in the Jewish education space, has basically been there's this idea of tikkun olam that can mean so many different things, which is beautiful, but in so many ways it's been watered down too much Mm -hmm. to the point where it doesn't mean anything or doesn't have to do with Jewish values. Because like I said, in many, um, particularly like B'nai Mitzvah, experiences there's this idea of the mitzvah project so i remember like teaching you know a group of seventh graders and we were coming up with okay what's your mitzvah project gonna be and this one was gonna like hold a clothing drive this one was gonna have people donate sports equipment because they were passionate about sports and they were gonna donate it to like a youth center like those are things i'm like yes and then this one girl was like i'm gonna um help clear the table at home And we had to have this, like, teachable moment of clearing the table at home is great. I don't necessarily feel like that qualifies as, like, a mitzvah, as tikkun olam, as repairing the world, as opposed to just, like, being a functioning member of your household. (laughs) Now, obviously, like, the standard is different for everyone. Perhaps that's something you're working on. Like, you know, maybe it's that your parent 
like isn't able to help or whatever it is and like this is really caring for a household but ultimately i think like in this like watered down situation where it's like oh everything counts but there are also times where just like function and it doesn't have to be like wow i'm just so good it's like i'm just a helper in my family so i think there's a question about like should everything count and especially with tikkun olam if that's a jewish concept like how do we make these good deeds that we're doing distinctly jewish as opposed to just like anyone and everyone can and should be helping others yeah yeah i mean i agree i don't think that clearing the table is uh i mean it's a nice thing to do for your parents like as far as like respecting your parents and everything but Right. And it doesn't, like, it's I'm not really being a 12 year old. Like, I don't know if it's like really changing the world. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, and the whole thing was like, I didn't want to crush her because it was obviously like a well intentioned thing. Like, people were coming up with their ideas, and we had like done, you know, a unit on respecting one's parents and like how that that is literally one of the Ten Commandments is like, honor your mother and father. So, like, obviously things were being internalized and she was like working them out in her head do you know the tiktok do you know the tiktok um i understood the assignment so there's like a new tiktok that's like i misunderstood the assignment right yeah absolutely (laughs) and it was just like so well-intentioned so sweet and also was like we need to push you a little bit more like and and it wound up being like could we have a conversation about like what does it really mean you know are there ways that you could go out of your way to honor your parents but like yeah table clearing I mean and I say this also (laughs) as someone who like that was my job from a very young age of like I'm actually quite good at table clearing I don't want to brag too much (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah it just felt like we need to nudge a little bit further and I think with a lot of like ways that people use the phrase like tikkun olam my big push is just to do like a little bit of background work to figure out the why of what makes this Jewish. Like as our listeners, I think have caught on. I am an animal lover. I'm low key obsessed with my dogs, um, and low key is a horribly misused. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not low key at all. <laughs> no, I like. I think I have a problem. If we're all gonna be honest, <laughs> it's um, not a problem, but it's definitely not low key. <laughs> But, so I'm obsessed with my dog. I am an animal lover. But me, like, going and donating to an animal shelter or volunteering at an animal shelter is not an inherently Jewish act. Also, it's a deeply dangerous act because I could come home with everyone, which is a huge <laughs> problem. Um, so I think the way to make just being good and, like, being someone who likes to volunteer into a Jewish thing comes from the learning piece and like that's what I'll encourage a lot of my students to do is like if you want to volunteer at an animal shelter call a vote like all the honor to you making it Jewish is let's learn about the mitzvot in Judaism related to animals and like there are parts in um, the Talmud where we learn about how you're supposed to treat and value your animals and that like if you're starving you're still supposed to um, like feed your animals first and make sure they are cared for and all these different things that are absolutely beautiful and then once there's like a Jewish context or a Jewish why to it 
then I feel like it makes it a Jewish volunteer experience rather than just like, I am Jewish, I like animals. The two are unrelated. Wow. I I love that. <laughs> Uh, I would have I, never I, I, I would have never gone that route and the way you explain I was like how is she going to connect the two <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, like part of what I love about like how we do how we do it is there are so many different tie-ins like whether it's if your passion is food or you know food justice um you know or interpersonal relationships like there are so many things that can connect with Judaism that's true that like there, there are opportunities for it. Now, again, I'm not qualified to volunteer in animal shelters, but those who are, like, there are plenty of resources out there. Well, us Jews, we're just good people. We're just so good. <laughs> we just do so well. You're welcome, community. <laughs> um. So the goal. Oh, sorry. You uh, <laughs> I think we we're both about to say like uh, the same thing. So go ahead. It's fine. ultimately is this idea like we said at the beginning of repairing the world um, and making the world back into its most most perfect version if we could say that mm -hmm. and so I'm wondering in your like vision for yourself or for the world as a whole what does that look like what would a more repaired world mean or look like for you so like when we first started talking about this, um, like I said, like I, I mostly thought about just being a good person and doing good and spreading good and just being the best version of myself to everyone around me as much as I can. Um, and then the more we got into the episode and you explained a lot more things and like what you just said about the animal shelter, and how you even connected that to Judaism. I think that now I'm looking at it way differently and I think I'm gonna intentionally do things that are connected to Judaism, like intentionally, because I, I like that way of thinking. So I think that's what it means to me now. What about you? I love that. <laughs> I think for me, like ultimately what, oh, Pebbles is here demonstrating my animal loverness. Well, she she wants to weigh in. <laughs> yeah, she has a lot to say. I have made her world actually pretty much as good as a dog's world I think can get. <laughs> Although she did not get a Halloween costume, I will say. So she has been perhaps neglected on some levels. Well, I don't know if I don't know if Toto completely enjoyed it as much as I did, but the kids loved her. <laughs> you know what? And that's what like we were here to help the kids. Like, you're welcome, children of Ohio. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I think that for me, like, what a more repaired world looks like and means is similar to what you said. It's about intentionality mm -hmm. and not just letting things happen or kind of going through the motions, but really taking the time to think about what I'm doing and the why behind it and to do it in a way that's like value centered. And the other part is I think doing more of getting out of my comfort zone. When I think about like what I think is wrong with the world today, so much of it is about polarization and having walls up and like divisions between people that don't have to be there. There are divisions that like, make sense and there are boundaries and I'm not saying that we should 
ignore all differences. But I think that, like, yeah, the version of the world that I would want to have and would want to be doing more to work towards is more centered around, like, yeah, just breaking down barriers and creating more opportunities for access and all sorts of different things. And I want to do more to think about, like, how do I build that and perpetuate that? I love that. I love it. All right, so good marching orders for both of us. And we also have some homework for our listeners um, because next week we are going back to commentating on My Unorthodox Life, which you can find on Netflix. Um, We are going to be watching season one, episode four. So if you are someone who is watching along with us and wants to be caught up before we commentate, that's your homework for this week while we're becoming better people you should watch more Netflix. Yep. We're we're just all being so good in our own ways. Yeah, Netflix is being a good person. Exactly. (laughs) Other ways that you could be a good person, um, please, wherever you're listening to this podcast, rate, review, subscribe, give us five stars, take a screenshot of it, share it in your Instagram stories. Tell your friends friends. about us. Yes, make new friends and tell them about it. You can follow us on Instagram at HowDoYouDoPod, and you can email us all of your thoughts and feelings at HowDoYouDoPod at gmail.com. And until next time, happy Jewing!